That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the Batman slash DC podcast with no limits, bringing you the stack episode for March 13th, 2019. We're in the future. I got the panel here. I got Robin Cross up in Canada. Whoa. I got Grandpa Batman, a.k.a. Dr. Do over in Texas. Whoa. And uh, we got uh, we're banging a stack episode and a handful of uh, bullet points for whatever the hell's going on in uh, Gotham these days. Uh, Robin, what can they look out for in the comic book shop this week? All right. This week, Wonder Twins number two, Wonder Woman 66, House of Whispers number seven, Catwoman nine, Scooby-Doo Apocalypse 35. There's a Scooby-Doo comic every fucking week. Flash 66, Joshua Williamson, Hawkman number 10, Red Hood number 32, Supergirl 28, Justice League Dark number 9, James Tynan, Cover number 6, Titans 35, Superman 9, and the book we'll be leading off with this week, uh, The Batman Who Laughs, uh, one-shot issue, The Grim Knight number 1. Oh shit, first order of do, huh? Grim Knight. Uh, yeah, The Grim Knight number 1, so this is a one-shot, correct? Indeed. So this so, is like, between... think of this just like during Metal when we got all of those one-shot issues for right. all of the Dark Knights. This is you know that equivalent for yeah. uh, for the Grim Knight. And it's between Batman Who Laughs number three and four. It's wedged in. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, sort of like a three point five because you see a little bit of what happened following the last issue. Or was this kind of planned when the Batman they, Who Laughs? They announced this a long time ago, right. so I yeah. feel like it was wedged in, and it makes perfect sense that they would give him the backstory treatment that the others got you're right there grams oh yeah doctor dude look like you just got some strange boy if i ain't know let me get my reading glasses on i gotta see give your pupils some do uh let me okay yeah let me tell you man i had to go give me some readers right because (laughs) you know reading on these phones it's a little hard to see Mm. has this ever happened to you so i've I go to you know Walmart. what grinds my gears. <laughs> you know what grinds my gears. I, I go to Walmart and uh, first I got to give a shout out. Hold on, I got to give a shout out. This is do. You sent me today. You you sent me some news, and I had to go to Walmart and make this happen. So first, let's give a shout out to Jewel Splon mm. from Wichita Falls, Texas. She will be celebrating her 104th birthday on March 14th. Mm. So happy birthday, Jewel. We sent you a birthday card. Mm. Awesome. So while I was in line with the birthday card and picking up these readers so I can read my comic books, mm. you know, you ever go to the express lane where it's like 10 items or less? Mm-hmm. Well, there's this, there's this couple in front of me and they, they set like out their 10 items. items. <laughs> And then they put one of those dividers, and then they put out some more items and make two, two transactions. And I was like, 
You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> oh, about to give him some dude. <laughs> I, was, I was hot. I was like looking at him like, seriously? You're gonna do this? <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> he got like one greeting card in his hand. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> card and some of these glasses and i'm like really you're gonna do this shit mm. so the the, the the card thing was real right you you actually sent out a card yeah, okay, yeah okay i thought i thought i thought that whole thing was a bit <laughs> i just want to make sure no no we sent her, legit, sent her yeah. a card and i signed it i wrote even superheroes need a hero we want to celebrate how awesome you are happy birthday the bat force hope she gets it and hope she reads it mm, anyways Thank you, Gramps. Uh, hey, what you guys think? I want to ask you guys, what do you guys think of uh, the name, the Grim Knight for this guy? Because at this point, like, you know, we have, we've been saying Dark Knight forever. Bill Finger started saying Dark Knight. Frank Miller put it in modern continuity. And then, you know, now we have White Knight, Last Knight, Dark Knight, Whoa, fucking okay. um, Nightlight. <laughs> like, and then when you say Grim Betty Knight, White. Betty White. <laughs> I just, when I heard, the, the the ideas sounded kind of cool, but then when I heard the name, I felt like, all right, I think we're a little, we're in overkill now, because we had Dark yeah. Knight, White Knight, Grim Knight, Last Knight, the Dark Knight's Metal, I'm just like, fucking hell. Well, I mean, it it, it does separate that this is not our Batman. This is one of these yeah, I, other knights, I, you know, other oh, versions from yeah. a different universe. Yeah, exactly, that's true, and I, I do see what you mean, though, because... With all the other ones having their names, like I feel like Dawnbreaker and the Devastator and everything, they all had you know really cool names. And yeah, I guess this one is probably my lowest ranking in mm. how much I like their names. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's, the... I think when we first started hearing the name, I thought like it was sort of like a, a placeholder that you know they were just calling him that, but then ended up being the thing. But yeah, it we... works. But I guess, I mean, yeah, I, once I heard to... the name, I was like, it just doesn't sound very clever. Yeah, you're right, Dawnbreaker and Drown. Those are, those are kind of a little more creative, but this one was like, really? And then, you know, it's like he has all these guns and, you know, the whole trope with Batman and imagery with guns. It, the whole thing about him felt a little overkill, but he's still fun to read. So Grim Knight number yeah. one to me felt like the Punisher meets year one. You know, you know what would have been cool is because this version of batman doesn't give a fuck in his world he just didn't even disguise himself like you know like he had his suit that he wore but you know everyone knew he was bruce wayne right and you know he it was sort of a thing where like in the punisher like it's known that he's frank castle and you know he's just dubbed the punisher yeah so it could have been cool if you know this guy everyone knew this it's bruce wayne but we call him this you know Mm. We call him the Knight. That would probably be a little too obvious, but, you know, I, mm. I see your point on that. But that's that's also kind of the, the stigma with, you know, him, you know, having so much weaponry because that is, you know, the, the classic Batman doesn't use guns, you know, mm. motive that traditionally gets placed with the character, even though he has in the past and every movie he's got guns and everything. Like Maybe he doesn't, he doesn't use them to people. he doesn't use use them shoot to kill. Yeah. But but this guy is like the exact opposite. Yeah. His main thing is, yeah, the gun killed his parents. And I mean, we get into the book and he's the one that picks up the gun in Crime Alley yeah. and you know, uses that 
as his, you know, to to use for his revenge. Because we, yeah, we start out with he's in our Earth, the regular continuity Earth. Was, are we in Earth 1? Right. Yeah. All right, so yeah. our, and he has right. our Earth 1 Gordon hostage in below Gotham City, like in the sewers, and they're talking, and then I guess it just flashes back to uh, his Earth. And Yeah, yeah. Go- Gordon's trying because to tell him. Yeah, Gordon's like... You know, if if you're any part of who he is, this isn't you. This isn't right. You can fight this. You yeah. can help us get away. You know, he's trying to distract mm. him or talk his way out of it. And yeah. He's not having any of it. Yeah, because in the flashback, uh, his parents were killed, but instead Bruce Wayne picks up the gun and just wastes. There, there, Joe, chill. I love how Russo put in the middle of the page... You know, the angry, crying eyes of that young Bruce Wayne. He's just like, shut up and die. Yeah. I mean, he's just like, done. It's kind of like the, like the Dawnbreaker origin as well, almost. Like, uh, you know, the kid uh, is pissed off and then eventually becomes a lantern and just starts killing everyone. The, uh, the art for this one, be- something about the way that this world's Bruce Wayne grows up and turns into a killer, this sort of crime noir art that uh, Eduardo Risso and Dave Stewart do fits it really perfectly. Yeah, they got the flashback to the classic uh, year one scene where he's just sitting yeah. at his uh, chair in Wayne Manor, but it, there's a whole arsenal on the floor this time. <laughs> Dude, look uh, at that, man. And then uh, the bat flies through and he just, you know, we all saw this coming, like the bat flies through the window and he just fucking wastes it with a bullet. And he's like, yes, yeah, father, I should become... A... I thought he was going to say, like, yes, father, I shall become a bullet or something like that. <laughs> that one of my favorite things about these stories is seeing these different takes on, you know, how Batman developed in that world. And this one gives us a lot of things because not only does it give us the alternate version of the night the Waynes are killed, but then we get the uh, what you just mentioned, um, the the night that Batman is really born, you know, the, the persona. And then also later on in the issue, we get uh, more Frank Miller stuff. We get the the year one scene with the ladies, gentlemen, you have eaten well. But you know, instead of just giving them a warning, he just murks everybody. He just inc- <laughs> he just incinerates them. Like that whole panel right there. I mean, that splash right there. That's a awesome work of art. He kind of looks like um, sometimes. He kind of reminds me of um, Nightmare Batman from Batman vs Superman. Yeah. yeah big motherfucker with guns on it he has like the dkr belt on too but i guess it's like has to resemble ammo pouches as well this is kind of cool gordon <clears throat> gordon's investigating this guy and so far um the grim knight has wasted the penguin black mask croc and uh, the red hood whoever's yeah. the current red hood and gordon um is really digging deep and all the cops are like you know why don't you just let him do what he's doing it makes our jobs easier and you know even in that earth gordon is your typical you know straight cut cop and just like you know why does he get to draw the line and you know you gotta do it by the book um which and then this scene was pretty clever when he he flashes the bat signal and he waits for the grim knight and the grim knight sneaks up behind him thinking like that was an amateur move and then all of a sudden he realizes that gordon turned the bat signal into a magnet which I thought was well, this, pretty fucking cool. Well, this is what I didn't understand is like, you know, if he's wasting all of the uh, the criminals, then how does Gordon have a relationship with him to have the bat signal? I I don't think he does. The the way I understood that part is that Gordon just created this signal, and that was also a magnet. It was all part of a trap because when Grim Knight shows up, 
he asks, you know, why did you use a light? He says, uh, I thought you were smarter than this. Why draw me in with a light? And then Gordon says, it's not just a light, it's a magnet. So, so you interpret this as the first bit. appearance in this world as of the best signal. Yes, that's that was how I took it. Oh, so you better CGC this book. Then. I know, I need, I need some stronger glasses. Yeah, I didn't read that, but anyway. Another cool thing about this, you know, Gordon actively trying to take down Batman. It has that same bewildering feel. Like it's it's such a weird thing to see Gordon trying to take him down. It it reminded me of that uh, back from the animated series, the New Adventures episode, Over the Edge, where as soon as the episode starts. It kicks off with Gordon Bullock and you know all, all the GCPD uh, in the Batcave chasing Batman and Robin and shooting at them. So it's it's that same bizarre feeling of Gordon trying to take out Batman. I love this scene a lot too because obviously the Batman in this scene looks a lot like the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns Batman. Yeah, and I love how Gordon, you know, he's like talking to batman who's magnetized up against the signal he's almost like he's on a cross you know and he's like batman's talking to the gcpd and he's like you know you can take off your mask don't pretend i don't know who you are and gordon says you're bluffing i just spent the entire city's slush fund on wayne enterprise tech to mask their identities like gordon's like haha i thought ahead of you and yeah, all this wayne stuff enterprise tech. <laughs> and batman <laughs> just says money well spent and just kind of smiles and i was like oh Ouch. shit if you see batman smile you're 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 fine <laughs> well yeah hey if just to touch up on what you said i, I said this in an episode a long time ago but uh, i forgot what animated series it was with the justice league but batman and superman were interrogating this guy and superman's like let's switch roles i'm gonna be the bad guy this time and you're gonna be the good guy so they both <laughs> go in and superman it's trying to be tough and you know, rough him up a little and scare him, and the guy's just not budging. And then Batman goes in, is like smiling and you know being nice, and he's like, "Dude, what the fuck? Why are you smiling? What the fuck's wrong with you? Okay, I'll talk, I'll talk." So you're right. When when you see Batman smiling, you know something's uh, something's yeah. fucking wrong. And I mean, Risso's art is just so awesome in this because you've got these artists that are like hyper detailed and hyper lifelike and stuff like that. And that's great. But he's one of these guys that just adds a, a classic, I wouldn't say cartoon, but it's a comic look. And uh, it yeah, just looks man. so good, man. So good. good I'd, I'd love more of this. And then all their like hearts explode because uh, he put some tech in them. Yeah, there's some kind of tech. In there, well, it's just it's like in them. yeah, it's like what later when Alfred, you know, he's in the cave and basically he's he's implanted devices in just about everybody in the city. It seems like you know Batman. He's basically set up his own almost like a Skynet. You know, he's got the satellites watching over everything, and his family comes out of the movie theater and it looks like they're about to get killed, but right at the last second, someone shoots the bad guy. You know. From out of scene, but the people know it's it's Batman protecting them, and, yeah, and that yeah. they have to uh, they have to act uh, like everything's cool. You know, like the the dad tells the kid to go, we have to smile, wave. It's like that Simpsons episode where Treehouse yeah. of Horror, when Bart has that power, he could just change anything with his mind. So the whole town is like, oh yes, Bart, we're happy, we're all happy. Yeah, that, <laughs> what, what did that come from? That that came from something. Krusty the Clown is like, 
It's a marathon. He hasn't slept in like three days. He's just doing the show. It's like, oh, we're all happy because that's from know. the Twilight Zone. Have you ever seen that? Uh, yeah, 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 the, yeah, the whole what... uh, the whole Treehouse of Horror thing's based on uh, the Twilight Zone, I believe, with The Simpsons. Um, but yeah, like everyone knows that he has the eye in the sky, and they have to like you know thank you Batman and. Uh, mm-hmm. and I like that he. Uh took control of the blimps like the traditional animated series blimps that patrol the city and uh, aimed them for Arkham Asylum and Blackgate to just crash into them yeah what I also love is how he's monitoring people that are thanking him and then Alfred's in there with him and on the on the desk where Batman's sitting you see um, a walkie talkie and a, a mug with the Batman symbol on it <laughs> that little I just love little things like that it cracks me up oh yeah and he's also going after like corrupt cops and no, uh, corrupt judges and pedophiles and all that sort of thing. He has, like, you know, there are devices implanted in all of them, I suppose, and he just takes them off at the flip of a switch. And then when Alfred says he's pretty much quitting, Batman threatens to do the same thing to him, but obviously he doesn't. He can't. And how fucked up is that that this Batman has a button on his gauntlet to waste <laughs> out? Joey Button. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He, he can't track Gordon, and Gordon, he, he has been off the grid for, like, six weeks, I think. And then you see it cuts over to like Gordon in this basement or wherever, and he has like a lantern and a typewriter, and he's just completely off the grid, mapping everything back to Wayne Enterprise. At, at this point, he's like uh, Charlie Day in that episode of Sunny, where they're working at the newspaper, and he's got the whole thing set up for the fake employee, <laughs> and he's trying to explain it to Mac, and he's going crazy. He's got the cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> or if, if you ever see Dark City, uh, in the yes. movie Dark City, uh, there's that one detective that figures out they're in this like loop. And he's like, just going nuts. Kind of reminds me of that. So Gordon is basically underground, which kind of circles back around to the very beginning of the book where Grim Knight's leading him through the sewers and stuff. Jim Gordon figures out this is Bruce Wayne all along. He ties everything back together, so he shows up at Wayne Manor. Well, he goes to uh, Harvey Dent. He comes out of hiding, shows up uh, at Harvey Dent's office. In in this world, he's still, uh, well, he's the mayor now, not, not even the district attorney. But I like that he's two face. You know, he's he had he has the side of his face uh, all melted, and he's still the mayor. Right. Yeah. And he even says he has eyes everywhere. Mm. Donald Trump is in Two Face's office as well. <laughs> so, that's well, fuck, that's Trump, man. Like that, that's supposed so to on, be Trump. So in this universe, Trump is actually a good guy. <laughs> that's. Golly, what a messed up world. How twisted is this place? <laughs> this is this is a twisted book. It's the, yeah. ups, it's the upside down. Man. And, it uh, is the upside down. That's so funny. They, so they they raid Bruce Wayne. Gordon and him pretty much go at it, and Gordon kind of like gives him a few, lumps him up a little. Didn't he say something about um Alfred, who he didn't blow up, gave him everything, you know, told him everything. Yeah, Alfred was uh, giving him all the information they needed to go in on him. And then they cut back over to our world where... Uh, the Grim Knight still has Gordon hostage, <clears throat> but uh, Gordon's not scared of this guy killing him. And then the Batman who laughs stops the Grim Knight from killing him, saying that it's more than revenge. What they have planned for Gordon is far worse than death. And, so. and uh, in in the beginning of the issue, I think, was when he was, uh, the Grim Knight was telling Gordon that he was saving him. And then like we find like what he was planning to do was to kill him so that he didn't have to endure to, uh, the Batman who laughs is planning for his city because... He's not the same. He's not the same Gordon that is from his world. He can't take it. Yeah. So yeah, Grim Knight number one, a little one shot between Batman Who Laughs issues number three and four. Pretty fun read. Good art. Little. There's some tropes involved, but the Grim Knight is still a 
really uh, entertaining character to read. A fun addition to the Rogues Gallery. What I found it. I found it interesting that you know on. It's almost like Bizarro World Batman, right? You know, he's the one that uses guns and kills people and stuff like that. But in that universe, there's two characters that still maintain their core integrity, and that's Gordon and Alfred. Yep, and Trump. And the, the rest <laughs> of the world is, is very different. Because like, we've talked about some of the other Dark Knights having, you know, if we had a, an ongoing book from for them, you know, set in their world. This one would be really different because of the way he operates. Obviously, he's not working with Gordon. By the end of this story, he's not not even with Alfred. But in addition to that, the Rogues Gallery isn't around there because it, it's he references in this book that uh, in in his world there are uh, that these villains don't exist. That there are no psychotic clowns. Though he does remember killing a guy in a red hood at ace chemicals and what made me um think about you know if they if they've created this alternate batman from this universe and batman who lasts from that universe who's to say that next they're not going to come out with maybe an alternate batwoman or batgirl character or maybe an alternate red hood or something like that they could go on and on with all these alternate yeah. versions i think the only person who has touched on that so far is me was greg horn with his, uh, he did those variants during Metal with the Batman Who Laughs version of Harley Quinn that now DC Collectibles picked up on and they're doing the statue. Of course, it's mm-hmm. Harley Quinn. Uh, I think he's the only one that's uh, that's done anything yeah. else, extended to other characters. Yeah. What ha- what happened in Batman sixty six? Uh, I'll tell you what happened is George Fornes kicked a bunch of fucking ass in that issue. George Foreman, dude, he's back yeah. in the ring. Jorge Fornes. I know. I just, it's like, I just no. It, yeah. I mean, I'm glad we're circling back around to Batman 66 because we didn't talk about that. But I mean, this issue is literally like a modern classic, in my opinion. Ooh, we're giving it some due. <laughs> For one, like we we have uh, some cut scenes, you know, with Selena and uh, the question sitting there in that room, but then it jumps to scenes from again we're at frank melder's year one but the work that he does here recreating david mazzucchelli is just insane and again this is dave stewart doing the coloring same he, he did the colors on the grim night issue we just talked about mm. this is all so it's continuing uh nightmares so this is all you know stuff in bruce's head so like those previous issues there weren't things that actually happened. You know, we're not seeing things that went down for real. It's just delusions that, that Batman's having while we believe he's under the influence of Scarecrow. Mm. So this is basically question is interrogating Catwoman, mm. you know, trying to get answers about why things went down the way they did. And uh, so it's basically Bruce's fears of why he couldn't, keep her hmm. just manifesting in this you know, imagination he's having yeah i mean it's almost like like you said uh a lot of influence by david mazzucchelli but i was also picking up some matt wagner too oh um, yeah. i love how you know basically bruce is in his subconscious or wherever you know what state of mind he's in he's recreating 
his memories of Selena and where they first met. And it's funny because, you know, there they are fighting in the street like in year one. But then question says he said it was a boat, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so they're still going back and forth like that. It even playing off of that conversation that still goes on with the Batcat in the regular Batman series by Tom King. But man, that image where they're Batman and Catwoman have jumped off that building. Yeah, that's the one I'm looking at right now, too, where they're jumping uh, across Finger Street. Yeah, I love, you know, the, the tribute to Bill Finger down there. Yeah, and, uh, nice. and this page feels uh, Lee Weeks to me. Yeah, I thought that, too. Beautiful colors. Beautiful, beautiful. So if you haven't got Batman 66, you need to go pick this one up because mm-hmm. this, this was a great yeah, it's one. It's a, a full examination of their relationship from the standpoint of Bruce's fears of you know, why he wasn't good enough for her. Yeah, for any of you trade collectors out there, it seems as though uh, the blue and white spines are phased out because I think the Rebirth era is over. Now we're in a new era and uh, they're black spines now for you trade collectors. And there's been some heavy rumblings this week about finally getting the uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo uh, Batman omnibus. Sounds like volume one will have issues one through 33 in it. So that's been the rumblings this week. Uh, so that's kind of cool because a lot of people wanted that. <laughs> I wonder if that uh, redesign is going to have any effect on this hardcover version of White Knight. Yeah, it'll probably use the new one. The uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that the new White Knight is going to be deluxe edition with those dimensions bigger than your typical hardcover so you know, that's just one step closer to the absolute so you know white the curse of the white knight when's that coming out the curse of the white knight when's that starting uh it doesn't it doesn't have a date yet uh yeah i i know an approximate time but i don't know if, I, I don't think i'm supposed to say it yet, but yeah now going back to this the you know the spine issue with the trades and stuff like that does that really matter to you, to you guys it doesn't affect it, me it used but to i know <laughs> I know it pisses some people off, like when they have the first nine trade paperbacks yeah. of, a, of a volume, you know, of a run, and then suddenly the design changes, and no! Yeah, it just throws everything off on your shelf, but, I mean, I used to, like, <clears throat> get a little annoyed, but just whatever now, just, but it is nice when they are, when they are kind of uniform. That's why I like Omnis as well, because it just, like, just collects one big spine, and then Hmm. You know, trade master. You wouldn't know. Get them trades, Grams. How many trades you got? How many? If you, if, you had, if you had to guess from from all publishers, I have all of them. <laughs> now that's that's some new. Boy. I even got duplicates of some. <laughs> duplicates. <laughs> it's going too far now. Um, <laughs> now you're just being silly. Another news. Um, I just realized that Shazam comes out on April fifth. Also, the same. It comes out on the same day that Pet Cemetery comes out, and the same day that Sabrina: Chilling Adventures of Sabrina season two come out. So, Dan, it's a lot of shit going on that day, man. I read some more of the stack. Oh, yeah. what, what do you think, of Robin? The stack? Did you read any more of the stack? Well, one thing I did want to mention. This is also from last week. Uh, we got the final issue of Green Arrow. Uh, so Green Arrow ended. I don't know if you guys uh, had been reading that or read know, the final. I know issue. the trunk says. <laughs> oh, he he can finally rest now uh, with pulling that uh, he pulled that. that entire run. Yeah. So this gave. Uh, it was sort of a tie-in to Heroes in Crisis yeah. in a, a roundabout way, and also tied back to No Justice. 
Yeah. Uh, if you remember back in, you know, at the end of No Justice, Martian Manhunter gave Ollie that box and said, you know, this has the power to to stop the Justice League, and you're the only one that I trust with it. So mm. what goes down in this issue is this sort of government agency, if I'm remembering right, had found out that he has this and they're going to crack down on him and you know, to get control of it. But instead of just going and attacking him, first they go to Black Canary and they tell her, look, he has this, this weapon and we need to get it from him. So they basically use her, they convince her to help her like to convince him to give it up he of course refuses so you know that they're against each other and he ends up you know putting up a fight and she has to turn her back on them and save his ass but in the end he he gets away and he has the box with him and he he basically has to disappear because he's you know wanted at this point and so that's why the series is ending because he just has to go dark and vanish when he's on his way out of the city, you know, he's like sort of like coming out of the woods and is just in the process of disappearing. And he opens up this box that that Manhunter gave him. It ties this up, but it's sort of, I don't know, it, depending how it follows from here, it could be sort of a letdown because when he opens the box, there's nothing in it. So he gets pissed off and he starts like, he says, John, I know you can hear me because of telepathy, they're all linked to everything. So he starts telling John off, and basically he, you know, the issue ends with him walking off to go disappear for a while till things cool down, but being super pissed at uh, at being really played. But it depends uh, when it comes back. You know, we could find out that maybe in the process of everything going down, Canary stole what, whatever was in the box, or gave him, you know, a, a dummy box, and he just wasn't left with the weapon that he thought he was but something that i was talking about today was also what could be done with green arrow when it comes back already been announced you know the the return date for the new series happening yeah so they're going to restart his series with a new story but i think the coolest thing if they're going to you know just redo arrow start a new story form we need a different arrow and I think the most interesting one is to give us an ongoing story with Frank Miller universe, gray-haired old man Ollie with one arm. Yeah, that's what I want. I want old man I Ollie. Every issue of that. Yeah. They uh they just canceled the Arrow TV series, didn't they? Yeah, that's uh finally wrapping up too. Yeah. Um, one cool thing like. We were just talking about the way uh, that Tom King does that play on the two origins of Batman and Catwoman meeting. You know, is, was it on the boat? Was it on the street? One thing that that uh, could happen if they did this Green Arrow, you know, old version of Ollie with the arm missing, is they could play that same way because there are two different stories of how Oliver Queen lost his arm, and they both involve Superman. So there could be a point in this run where Oliver is saying, oh, you, you took my arm to, to make me stop because the government told you to. And Superman could say, no, it happened on that helicopter when you were holding on to the bomb, and I, I cut your arm off to, to save you. You know what it's going to be? You remember in The Simpsons when uh, 
Um, the veteran, uh, I forgot what the guy's name was in the earlier seasons. He was like the crazy guy. You know, the he, he ran that um, Army-Navy store, and he had one arm, and no one could figure out oh, why he lost yeah, the arm. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, they asked him, how did you lose your arm? Was it in war? He was like, no. I had my hand outside of the bus window. <laughs> it's like the... It always comes back to the Simpsons, doesn't it? Yeah, it did tonight. I don't know all these references, but uh, this reminds me of like, we all think it's a really cool way that Ollie lost his arm. And it'd be funny if Frank just like, you know, just fucking, he, uh, he was slicing, he was using a deli slicer or something. And uh, you know, <laughs> fucking, I just want to say you're right, Gramps. Catwoman number nine had some really great art in it. That guy, John Timms, really knows how to draw uh, Selena Kyle <clears throat> really dug that good looking art. Yeah, man. Good. I read uh, Red Hood Outlaw. That was a pretty cool story oh, where shit. Jason Todd is taking over the Iceberg Lounge. <laughs> cool. And, uh, you know, one thing about it is that, you know, he makes it very publicly known that he's now in charge of the, the Iceberg Lounge. And there's this scene where Alfred sees him giving an interview on TV. And, yeah, I mean, you can kind of guess what happens next. Of course, Batman's got to come in and, and have a talk with him. You kind of see Jason Todd, you know, pull Bruce Wayne on Bruce Wayne. Oh. And, uh, yeah, so that, that that was pretty interesting. It, it was a pretty good issue. Mm. Uh, Hawkman, was Hawk- it number, Hawkman number 10? Been a lot of rumors of a Hawkman movie now. With, uh, mm. they, want a, they want this Muslim actor to play him or something. Rumor yeah. mill's been going off this week, but uh, and I think it's supposed to be some kind of reference to him in the Shazam movie. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, and, and we got a we got a new uh, Hawkman statue out. Yeah, that's what I was Is that who does that that uh, Hawkman statue? Is that Iron Studios? Iron Studios, yeah. How, Man, that wingspan on that thing is nuts. It's like yeah. saying it's over a meter. Mm. What's that? What's that in English? We don't talk Canadian. Oh, <laughs> we talk freedom. <laughs> uh, well, if, if you look at the uh, if you look at the chart from Iron Studios, they measure it in uh, meters. Oh, okay, <laughs> so you're out of luck. No, I mean that that statue is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty it badass. Is. They've got they've got like three different versions. They've got the the closed wing version, then yeah. they've got the wide wing version, then they've got the deluxe that has both. Yeah, I like how they delved into uh, Hawkman's history and Dark Knight's Metal. I thought that was pretty cool. It's well, if you like that, then you read need to read issue ten because I think the last time we talked about Hawkman, you know, yeah. he was battling these groups um, called mm-hmm. the Deathbringers, and it's actually an army that he used to command in one of his former lives. Yeah, and now they've come out of this dimension and. They're seeking their revenge on him for putting him in there for so long. Mm. So, you know, they fight back and forth, fight back and forth. And the Deathbringers, you know, they're in London. And they're basically just taking random people yeah. and flying them up as high as they can and then just dropping them. That's brutal. That's brutal. So, you know, yeah. he figures out a way to kind of save some of them. Mm. And then he gets his ass kicked. And it looks like it's about over for him. But then he channels all of his former lives throughout time. And it's like a big old hawkgasm of mm. of hawkiness just explodes <laughs> out. Shit's about to go down in oh, issue 11. A flock of hawk. That's a lot of yeah, flock. Is Hudson Hawk in that flock? <laughs> Yo, that's, my, that's the reference right there, baby. What you guys know about Hudson Hawk, the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> No, I was saying it's cool that they 
um, how Snyder did put some spotlight on him in metal, and then um, there's all this buzz about him. The same way Tom King did Mr. Miracle, like they're taking these really classic DC characters and bring you know putting some spotlights on them, and you know for a potential you know maybe some f- further exposure, maybe movies or who knows what. But uh, you know I want to see you know I want to see more like of Hawkman and Mr. Miracle and Doctor Fate and all these you know interesting characters. So. Um, Hope they keep using them effectively, and who knows what we'll get. If anybody is not watching Doom Patrol yet, Jesus, I really recommend uh, checking out Doom Patrol. It's four episodes deep right now. Uh, if you have the DC streaming service, a uh, new episode comes out every Friday, just like with Titans. If you're outside of the US, though, you're SOL, and you have to find it on <laughs> like me. <laughs> it's really good at being exactly what it is. Yeah. You know, it's it's lighthearted at moments, but uh, it, it's fun, it, adventurous, it's daring in some of the things that, that it does, uh, and the randomness of the collection of characters in it is really cool. And if you've watched enough nerd shows over the years, you're going to be familiar with a lot of the cast, like uh, Alan Tudyk and Mark Shepard and just a lot of cool faces in it. And everyone... Uh, is really perfectly suited for what they're doing. But uh, it's a real fun show. And Another mention, um, in the same vein of that, Umbrella Academy is really good on Netflix, uh, based on the comic. And uh, Deadly Class on Sci-Fi is really good, based on Rick Remender's comic as well. So all these adaptations being turned into uh, a live-action series, uh, it's, a good, it's a good time to be a comic book fan. And, and especially that we're getting all of these adaptations that are not made for kids. Yes, I think like that's Doom the... Doom Patrol is, you know, pretty well R-rated. Is any of it based on Graham Morrison's run? Yeah, uh, actually, the there are points where the show goes meta. Like in an early episode, there's sort of an initial conversation between the, the main villain and the leader, like the, the guy who sort of put together the doom patrol so the villain is sort of just speaking to the audience kind of thing you know talking about what his plans are you know so you know the basis of the show and then the hero says who are you talking to and the villain says grant morrison fans internet (laughs) trolls with dc subscriptions so yeah it uh yeah it does work from the morrison show i've i've gone in assuming that we would get a mix of the morrison stuff and maybe uh, the uh, more recent run on Doom Patrol from Gerard Way and Nick Darrington. But uh, yeah, it's a really cool show and uh, yeah, easy to get into. You don't have to know anything about the characters. And none of them are typical superhero characters. That's another thing that they make fun of on the show is, oh great, uh, just what everyone needs, another superhero TV show. But uh, what makes them really different is that none of them are heroes. They, they all talk about themselves not being heroes because they're in a world where the justice league exists and you know cyborg is part of the team eventually uh but none of them are the superhero type uh the i i talk about it all the time but i think the character who's going to to be the most popular uh as a result of this show so the the whole deal with her character is that she has multiple personalities so she has, uh, her name is Jane, like her main personality, but she has 64 personalities inside her mind and no control over which one is in control at any given time. But the hook with her character is that 
all those 64 personalities are inside there, and all 64 have a different superpower. Mm. So at, at any given time, whatever personality will be in control, and whatever power they have could either help the situation or just make a disaster. Hmm. So they're all kind of train wrecks, and that one, that's what makes it fun. You guys excited about the Shazam movie next month? Less than a month? Oh, yeah, that looks yeah. really cool. I've been, yeah, I've been getting more and more excited for it. The, the more um, we see it, and the, the stuff that I've heard from people who have already viewed it is very positive, too. Yeah, the initial reviews. Are, someone mentioned that, um, a reliable source mentioned that the fact that Warner is letting all of these early screening um, screenings put out these reviews this early in the game shows their confidence in the movie. People are really loving this movie. That guy, uh, what's his name? Um, Levy. Zach Levy. Yeah. Is uh, people saying that this guy was born for this role as Shazam, and uh, I think he looks great, man. I I think that puffed up saturated red clean costume looks fucking amazing to be honest with you i just yeah i'm, I'm pretty excited about that movie it's uh he's he's coming to the dallas fan expo i'll get him on the show so anyway guys please rate and review us on itunes it's been helping a lot we will read them out on the show but uh it really helps us if you guys leave a, a rating and review on itunes uh, to get the word out about bat force radio so we could continue to bring you guys News, reviews, interviews, dude, the blues, loose clues, schmooze, dudes, who's, and all that good stuff in between. So um, anyway, guys, on our way out of here, I think Robin has a question for us. Uh, yeah, I I don't know that we're ever going to get an answer. Uh, it's, like, it's becoming like a, a chicken or the egg kind of thing. Uh, what came first, chicken or the egg? Where the fuck is the trunkler? Uh, we're never getting answers to either of them. <laughs> Hey Gotham Dwellers, make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.